You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is your host, Stephen Roach. This is season five, episode six. I think in terms of movement, you know, that's the language of my heart in many ways. You know, when we talk to students in dance, we talk about the vocabulary of dance. So yes, I definitely think it's a language. The vision and mission of the Kadash contemporary dance movement is to cultivate renewal, reparation, and restoration in a broken world. Combining dance with film, poetry, multimedia, visual art, and spoken word performances, Kadash tells stories in an effort to honestly acknowledge the world as it is, but then seeks to engage in the conversation about what the world can be. Through transcendent, thought-provoking choreography that cuts to the heart and stirs the soul, Kadash seeks to stand in the ashes of the barn burned down and point to the moon, one half in suffering and one half in hope. I recently spoke with Kelly Archer, the founder and artistic director of Kadash. Kelly and I discussed the language of movement and the heart behind their elaborate visual narratives. For those of you who were able to join us at the recent The Breath in the Clay Creative Arts Gathering, you were probably, just as I am, still resonating with the beauty and awe of their breathtaking performances. I'll be sure to add several photographs to the Makers and Mystics Instagram so you can see a glimpse of the performances they shared with us. For patrons of the podcast, you can enjoy an additional interview segment with Kelly about moving from suffering to hope and their collaboration with singer-songwriter Dave Wilton of A Boy and His Kite. This is my conversation with Colorado-based dance educator and artistic director, Kelly Archer. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on Makers and Mystics. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, Stephen. I'm excited to be with you today. Well, tell us some about Kadash. I know you're the artistic director and the founder of the Kadash Contemporary Dance Movement. I'd love to know how you got the vision to start that dance company and a little about the heart behind it. Yeah. Since I was in college, I've had this dream of creating a professional dance company where dancers who wanted to do serious work in the dance concert world but also have it be meaningful work. Um, I wanted to provide a place for that, for those dancers. I had met dancers over the years who were longing for that, longing to dance serious work, but also have it mean something. Well, I was reading your mission statement for the dance company, and it's reminiscent of a poet that I've actually quoted before, and it's a Japanese poet, and you'll have to help me with his name if you can. I can't pronounce it right. But it says, to stand in the ashes of the barn burned down, pointing to the moon, one foot in suffering and one foot in hope. That may be one of the most beautiful mission statements I've ever read in my life. Uh, Well, thank you. Again, it comes from that Japanese poet, and I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, so I'm going to butcher this. But I think it's Harate Masa Hyde. But then Laura Lee Ferrer, who wrote an essay that really profoundly impacted me, she kind of took that and turned and turned it into that sentence. Um, and I, when I read it, I just my heart leapt, and I thought, "That's what I want to do. That's the essence of Kadash." Yeah. Well, tell me what it means 
for you as a choreographer to stand in the ashes of the barn burned down and to point to the moon? What does it mean for you as a choreographer to have one foot in suffering and one foot in hope? Well, I think it's really important as an artist to tell the truth and be honest about life and the world that we live in. And Mm -hmm. the reality is the world we live in is full of suffering. And so to acknowledge, to not acknowledge that, I think, is to not tell the truth. And so we do that by telling stories. We're, I mean, Kadash is, we tell stories, we're storytellers, but we do it through dance. And we also employ different media, film, spoken word, visual art, um, but primarily dance. And we, so we tell stories about the world and we do our best to tell the truth about the suffering in the world. But then the pointing to the moon part is, we believe that that's not the end of the story, that suffering isn't all there is and and that there is hope. And so Mm -hmm. we want to point to that hope and that love and that light and and ultimately leave people there in hope. Mm -hmm. I love thinking about dance and choreography as a form of visual storytelling, you know, and as a percussionist and someone who works with rhythm and meter and time in my own art, there's a direct relationship between that rhythm and then the choreography. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a language. When I when I see beautiful choreography, I see it as a language. And I don't know if that is one of the ways you look at it. I definitely think it is. I mean, when I hear music, I mean music moves me profoundly. But also even when I'm experiencing a beautiful moment or I think in terms of movement, you know, that's the language of my heart in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely, you know, when we, we talk to students in, in dance, we talk about the vocabulary of dance. And mm-hmm. um, so, yes, I, I definitely think it's a, it's a language. Give me some examples of some of the pieces that you guys have done that tell a story through the dance and one that helps to narrate that journey from suffering and hope. Mm-hmm. What what piece comes to mind? Well, it's difficult because we tell, like our stories are progressive. So there's mm-hmm. not necessarily one piece that will kind of go from suffering to hope. A lot of yeah. times it takes an hour and 15 minutes of a concert, you know, <laughs> to go from suffering to hope. But just some of our stories have been about, um, I mean, last year our concert was called Made for Another World, and it was based off of that C.S. Lewis quote. Mm. Um so we basically took, um, started with a little girl and kind of her just free, you know, un, like abandoned and and full of, you know, play and wonder. And then as she kind of grew, she started to encounter the dark parts of the world. And so we had her face four enemies and each enemy was a dance piece. So mm. fear was the first one. Busyness was the second, ego was the third, and then the last one was apathy. And Mm. so she basically encountered all of these as she grew up, and her heart was just slowly dying. And Mm -hmm. so then um, in the second act, it starts out with just an enemy assault of her, like they're all just Mm -hmm. going after her. And then we had this aspect of the wind and... um, she had always kind of known the wind. That's how the 
Dory started. She'd known the wind, and the wind had been her friend, and that's how she danced with the wind. And um, and so the wind came and kind of swept all her enemies away after that enemy assault. And by the end of the the whole concert, she reunites, and we did this visually on stage. She reunited with the little girl on stage and ends up, you know, her heart has been freed by the wind. So, I mean, that's just one example of, it takes us a whole concert and our pieces are, I I don't think there's very many where you get both the suffering Mm. and the hope in one piece, (laughs) but definitely like we use each piece to tell a story that starts in suffering and ends in hope. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot in my own life is the relationship between the heart and the hands or Mm -hmm. the relationship between our interior world Mm -hmm. and then the art that we create. Mm -hmm. And earlier you were talking about how you wanted to create meaningful work that wasn't just a technical expression, Mm -hmm. but it was also in my interpretation of what you said, a heart expression. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell me more about how the suffering and the hope going on in your own heart, how that impacts the work that you make and how do you work those ideas out in movement? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, There's a phrase of, I believe it was Henry Nouwen that coined the phrase or that created the phrase wounded healer. Mm-hmm. So I see I see that as my job. I see um, the suffering or the darkness that I've encountered in my life. Um, I think that I look at myself as having a responsibility that gives me eyes to see, you know, to see other people and what they're dealing with and what they're going through. And then through the choreography that I'm creating, hopefully be a part of their healing process. But I... I definitely so much of what I experience goes, I like any artist, goes into my work. And I think it's so much when you said interior versus exterior. I mean, so much of, I mean, I would say, gosh, 90% of what comes out, the end result is what goes on in that secret place. Yeah, um, yeah. In that, in that silent place before... Mm-hmm. I ever even start to move. Mm-hmm. So I think that what goes on in my interior life is probably far more important that what, than what goes on, you know, when I step onto the Marley to start choreographing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I realize even asking you that question could almost be a little bit counterintuitive because if you could tell me about that, you might not need to dance it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes true. putting these things back into words can be a bit of a challenge, you know? And even in my experience playing instrumental music, sometimes there are things that I can't express in words, but I can't express it in a rhythm or I can't express it mm-hmm. in a melody. Yep. And so I would imagine that goes into the visual storytelling with you guys as well. Some of these things are so deep Perhaps movement expresses it better than our words could. I 100%, yeah, agree. And there's something about dance, too, I think, because it's body, soul, and spirit. It inhabits the whole self that when you're expressing some of these deeper sentiments or deeper thoughts, the dancers are engaging every part of themselves. I love that. Yeah, it's holistic in that way. Mm-hmm. Tell me what the word Kadash means. That's a Hebrew word, right? It is. It's 
the Hebrew root word for new, but it has connotations of to rebuild, to renew, and to repair. Mm. And so we just look at it. I mean, I was drawn to that word. Um, I actually heard it from Ray Hughes. (laughs) But um, I was drawn to it because I think what I feel Kadash is supposed to be, what I feel like Kadash is called to, is to something new, you know, and to repair and renew and, and rebuild what has been broken. Um, we, when we come together for our projects, we want to provide dancers with an experience that is all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. The dance world can be just like any, you know, part of the arts. It can be, a, it can be dark and it can be difficult, very difficult to be a dancer. And mm-hmm. so to provide our dancers with a new experience that's full of light and love and hope and mm-hmm. um, community is kind of why we were drawn to the word Kadash for our name. Tell me some of the difficulties that you've experienced in the dance world. Money is always <laughs> the hardest part. It's like, where do you find money to do? That's our ongoing part. Like the creative part is fun. And and, yeah. and we have had um, just a lot of supportive people come around to an artist, not just in the dance world, like filmmakers yeah. and photographers and composers and, um, you know. Who, and podcast hosts. And podcast hosts <laughs> who, who are giving of their time to us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been awesome. I think that the biggest challenge is how do we make what we're doing and what we feel called to do sustainable <laughs> financially? Yeah. I feel like that's always kind of our biggest challenge. But we've had we've had a lot of support, I feel like, yeah. in the dance world. And so that part has been really good. I'm thankful for that. What you're saying reminds me of a quote that Hans Ruckmacher said, and I always talk about Hans Ruckmacher, mm-hmm. but he was the Dutch scholar. But he said, you know, the artist holds a very strange place in society because on the one hand, we expect excellence mm-hmm. from the artist, but then on the other hand, we're willing to allow them to starve to give it to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a lot of truth to that. I think Especially in now, in our day and age, in like a suburban environment where we're based, I just don't think that's an instinct for people to give money to arts Mm. organizations. Um, There are people that do it, and it's awesome. But um, I think it's not even... I don't know. I think it's it's not purposeful. It's just not... It's not a thought that goes through most people's minds. They love coming to our shows. And once they're there, they appreciate it. And we get so many great, we get so much great feedback. But as far as, you know, what does it look like to give money? That's always just just a tough thing with the arts, I think. And honestly, that's close to my own heart. And that's part of even my own mission with Makers and Mystics and what we're doing with The Breath and the Clay is to accentuate the value that the arts have for our humanity, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. it's interesting because the arts on one hand, it's it's not a very pragmatic right. thing, but at the same time, 
it's so essential to our human experience. Mm-hmm. You, you can't not have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, take away all the music from the retail stores that you <laughs> go to, you know, and, and and suddenly you realize what an unspoken role that music and art and these, you know, take away the the images from the the walls. And so it's it's a really interesting experience for sure, the value and the the meaning that that art carries. Yes. And so I'm so appreciative of what you're doing. <laughs> because I think it's just so important. Well, I want to ask you, and I love this discussion about the interior and the exterior and how your choreography flows out of an inner experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that for you, your art and your dance is a very, it has a very spiritual root to it. Yes. And that's a lot of what I talk about is that relationship between art and faith or creativity Mm -hmm. and spirituality. And, um, there's a German theologian, and this is another name, of course, that I'll get terribly <laughs> wrong, just like the Japanese poet we mentioned earlier, but um, Frederick Schleiermacher, he said that religion and art stand beside each other like two friendly souls whose inner relationship is still unknown to them. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you resonate with that, and how do those two expressions of faith and art or spirituality and creativity how do you experience those in your work? Um, well, I think dance is, again, unique because our instrument, what we're working with is our body. And so um, in the church, there's a lot of controversy surrounding dance. Um, mm-hmm. So so for me specifically, if you're talking dance, to me it's, a, it's an issue of a healthy theology of the body. Um, mm-hmm. And there is, I think, in some... Christian circles some fear of the body and maybe not as healthy of theology of the body. And so that can cause issues. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there are more and more churches that are becoming open to it. I think where worship dance is concerned, there's much more freedom um, in some circles of the church. But it's an interesting, there's a lot of fear, I think, surrounding dance especially in, in again I'm not the whole church but in some circles it's like well what 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 do you you know what are you going to do <laughs> what is it going to look like what are you going to wear and so there's just there can be difficulties there there's a tension and that you know that can be frustrating from my perspective because you know when god is giving me movement and i mm-hmm. see it in my mind i see it in my mind's eye and I feel like that, again, comes from that quiet place with him. And mm-hmm. so to not be able to express that is, of course, can be frustrating. I understand and respect that there are people in the church that don't feel the same way. And, you know, I understand that there has to be boundaries. But, yeah, it can definitely be frustrating and there's tension there. Yeah. I love the phrase that you said, a healthy theology of the body. That's, I mean, just just thinking of a theology of the body is such a powerful statement to me, you know? And in thinking about dance, dance is such an incarnate Mm -hmm. art form, you know? It is that full body and that full person expression. And uh, you got me thinking, you know, sometimes maybe we forget that Jesus came into a <laughs> right. physical form. Right. 
yeah. you know, and to deny that is more of a Gnostic thought exactly. than a Christian thought. Yep. Yes. You know. I'm so excited you're saying all this because this is so much of what I feel and what I've read and what I've studied. And um, yeah, that the, the body is not a bad thing. You know, we mm-hmm. were given we were given bodies. Our God is our creator God who created us to have bodies. And Jesus was given a body. And so I think that that's probably one of just the main issues is, is pushing into a healthy theology of the body. It's almost like to dance really is to bring honor to God because you're celebrating His art. Mm-hmm. You're celebrating the art that He created. It's interesting to me because just looking at dance throughout church history and looking at dance in the Bible, all through the Psalms, the worshiper is commanded to to worship through dance and through movement. And just some of my own studies that I've done, it's I think it's funny that the first worship that you see in the Bible is a female percussionist and dancer. <laughs> you know, the actually the first expression is a is a dancer mm-hmm. in the Bible, mm-hmm. and there really is a lineage of drum and dance in the Hebrew Scriptures and in the Bible. And some historians I've read about even say that ancient Israel had a female dance troupe that was nationally recognized, mm-hmm. and so that's why. You know, the story about Jephthah when he came home from the war and his daughter and the dancers came out to meet him. Uh, some historians believe that was a nationally recognized dance troupe of women, which I think for the Middle East and the ancient world, that in and of itself is an incredible, you know, yes, statement. But yes. Essentially, like we tried to pretty up the story, but David was dancing, you know, before the Lord almost complete, like had some underwear on maybe, but that's it. Yeah. (laughs) I think sometimes, again, we try to pretty that story up so that it sounds really respectable. But like when you look in church liturgical, like I used to get sent to me like the the liturgical dance costume catalog. They're like tents. I mean, they like literally (laughs) are tents that cover up the entire body so that we can't see them. And I just think that's not how God created dance. You know, I think what you're talking about is really hitting on something important because sometimes we see spirituality, even that word, it feels far removed from your everyday experience, from this physical existence that is blessed and is beautiful Mm -hmm. and is holy, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes when we think of spirituality, it's over here somewhere, right. and we we separate the body from the spirit. Right. But I don't think that that's the intent, and I don't think that was ever the intent. Right. And when I listen to what you're saying, it even gives me a whole new understanding of the role of choreography, almost standing in a in the gap yeah. between the realm of the spirit and and, yeah. and the physical world. And you've enlightened me already to such a new perspective. Well, that's a beautiful way of putting it. And I think, I mean, when you're when you're talking about, you know, that there shouldn't be that gap or that we shouldn't look at it as one or the other, I'm thinking, well, Jesus, <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus was both. So, yeah, I think that that's a beautiful description that you just said. I mean, true spirituality really is rooted in all parts of who we are. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in mind, body, and spirit. Yes. and 
the work that you're doing as a choreographer with that spiritual root is really important. And I'm really thankful for the work that you guys are doing. Listening to you talk, it's just making me think, dance is such a relational art form. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that relational aspect of dance? I mean, it's interesting because the relationships that we build off stage, here we go into the interior, exterior again, but like the, the relationships that we build off the stage profoundly impact what goes on on stage. That all of that stuff, the community, the love, all of our relational dynamics, they show up on the stage in the performance. And so that's been a big learning curve for me because um, that was kind of an accident. I mean, that wasn't necessarily, I didn't realize how important that would be. You know, every choreographer is different, but I really want a collaborative process. So when we're in rehearsal, there are some things that I feel strongly about and will hold on to, but there are many times where they'll say, this is feeling weird, can we just tweak this? And yeah, that's great. Or they come up with brilliant ideas that I had never thought of. So I think, you know, it just depends on, on the choreographer, but I highly value and desire a, a collaborative process. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your journey and sharing this time with us on Makers and Mystics. This has been an incredible conversation and uh, the work you're doing is important. And just know that you got a community behind you that believes in the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Stephen. That means the world to me. And thank you so much for listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. Music for this episode was written by Songs of Water. Be sure to see the show notes of this episode for links to our guest and to the featured music. We'll see you next week with another Artist Profile episode. <laughs>